Hello, 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 and thank you so much for joining me for the podcast of The True Power From Within. I do pray each and every day this podcast touches you in the most amazing and encouraging way. I am your host, Melody Ferris Tucker, and I am so glad that you are here. Seems like it has been forever, but um, I missed out this Wednesday because we had to take our daughter for um, two MRIs. So uh, I didn't do Wednesday, but here we are. And I've actually labeled this podcast, um, we've been prepared for such a time as this. And as I am growing in my journey um, and into, um, you know, wanting to be a speaker, uh, a motivational speaker, but I've also very much in the presence of mental health. If you've been with me for a while, I talk about a lot of stuff to do with mental health. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I may be an evangelist, but I believe in mental health from a biblical standpoint, because I think that in God's word, he gives us um, warnings and preparations and teachings on everything that we go through. And um, I, I, I see our world today as being so busy, we see more and more people that are not present with other people, right? We remember the good old days, so to speak, you know, when we didn't have the cell phones and computers in our hands and we um, actually had to sit at the table and have a conversation with our family. And um, my family and I, we were just talking about this, you know, not too long ago that you know, back in the day, like we had dinner, right? With our family at the table. No one got up until everyone was done. And most of the time it was only the children that got up because if there was uh, a lot of family there, the adults would all sit at the table and they would be up half the night just talking, telling old stories, actually being present with one another. And we miss that these days. We, we are missing out on that these days. We're missing out on being present. We, um, we seem to just want to uh, see someone in, uh, in, in distress or um, depression or anxiety or whatever. And we just begin to spill all of this stuff out on them when all, we, all they really need at that moment is the ministry of presence. And the reason we begin to spill things all over, we begin to just speak and say all, you know, just give them all these, um, all of these scriptures and tell them it's going to be okay. And all of this is because there's a sense, a part of us that is uncomfortable in this moment of being vulnerable. Because if we don't try to fix them at that moment, there may be a possibility that there would have to be some vulnerability involved. Um, we may have to actually, um, go back into a trauma that we've had to deal with before because their trauma could be very, very associated with our own trauma, right? Or our own depression or our own anxiety or all of the things, right? And so I go back and, you know, if you guys know me, if you've been with me for a long time, you know, I love plants. Um, I was out pulling weeds yesterday. Um, I was actually uprooting some plants and putting them into another uh, flower bed and, um, I really began to think about, um, some things and we know, we all know, 
you know, Genesis. We all know Genesis 1 where God created everything. But I've been really researching um, a doctor. Her name is Dr. Anita Phillips. And she is, um, she's huge in the mental health world, but also in the um, world of relating it to, you know, the word of God. And um, she is is phenomenal in a sense of how she relates this, right? And I was listening to her, one of her teachings. And, you know, sometimes I think we pass by because we get very quickly, we get into, um, well, he created man, right? We know he created the, he, he formed the earth and then um, he created the trees and then he created man and all of the things, right? We, we get into all of that. But, I, but how she puts it is that we skip past the fact that he created the grass first. And she relates it to this, which is very, very um, profound to me. She says, you'll never see a nice yard with only two blades of grass. And I was like, yeah, that's true, right? Because we see beautiful green grass growing in nice yards, right? Here's... Here's a prime example right here. This plant, right? This plant, it doesn't have just two leaves on it, right? But when we get into, if we get into the root system of the plant, we're going to see that all of the roots are meshed together, right? I could not just pull one of these limbs out. You couldn't just go pull two blades of grass out with the roots. It doesn't work like that because God designed us to be in community with one another, He never designed us to be um, self-absorbed, selfish. He never never intended for us to be um, non-present with each other. He never meant for technology to overtake the presence of being in community with one another, which has happened. I mean, it, it happens more and more every day that we come out with more technology. Am I grateful for technology? Absolutely, because I can do this with you right now, right? I can create these podcasts so when I'm not here anymore, my children can still see me every single day if they want to. They can hear my voice every single day. We're able to take pictures and videos of our children and our families and our husbands and our wives so that for generations to come, we can still see them and enjoy those moments and those laughters. But those things are taking us away from the presence of being with one another in the moment. And in this, we have begun to see an uptick of depression and grief and anxiety and all the things because people are literally stuffing their feelings because they don't have anyone to be present with, right? Everyone seems out of reach. We can post on social media all day long. That is not being in the presence of someone. And nowadays, when we get into the presence of someone and we have to talk and go face to face, we get uncomfortable because we're not used to that. It's easier to write a text message. It's easier to not pick up the phone, right? Just text me. Just email me, right? Because it is it is helping us to not have to be present with someone else, right? Because we don't have to be present with them in that moment, right? We can answer a text message whenever we want, 
and our world is falling short and we are seeing this uptick of depression and anxiety and suicide and all the things because people believe that they cannot be present or vulnerable with one another because nobody has time. There's also people that believe that, oh, depression is not a thing, right? Depression is not a thing. They're just, you know, they, they just need to deal with their, themselves, get over themselves, especially in men. We see men falling out like never before because they are depressed, they are angry, they are bitter, they are traumatized, right? For a woman, we are emotional, right? We're emotional beings and it's okay for this. It's, it's, it's an okay stereotype for us women because we're emotional, right? Oh, so she's depressed or she's upset or whatever, right? But for men, it's a totally different thing because men have to fight their way off the couches. They have to fight their way through trauma. They have to fight their way through that because if they are angry or depressed or bitter, they are weak, So what all of this turns into, depression and trauma and all of this turns into anger, which kills you. I, for a long time, have been saying I'm having gut issues, gut issues, gut issues, right? And we, and digestion issues and weight issues and all of the things. Do you know that all of the emotions affects stress, anger, anxiety, depression, all of that affects your gut health, right? And let me tell you why. And it was pretty profound when Anita Phillips said this. She said, you don't have, you don't, you don't have IBS, right? Now there are forms of IBS. Yes. But a lot of times it's because you have swallowed and stuffed your trauma and your anger and all of the things you have just stuffed it, right? You've swallowed it. And your body has not digested it. So you're having all kinds of gut issues and health problems and high blood pressures and all the things because we don't deal with our trauma. We talk about heart posture all the time, right? And love. And in order to love, you have to have a certain heart posture to be able to love other people, right? There's got to be a certain heart posture there. But if your heart is broken, unless you fix the heart, how do you love unconditionally? How do you show love or be present or, or any of these things if your heart is broken? And we often think that, you know, oh, depression was never a thing until here recently. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something. And I want you to tell me what you think it is, right? Let's go to Psalms 102. And we're going to start in verse 4. It says, and tell me if these are not all of the symptoms of depression. My heart is suffering, withered like grass, right? We know if grass does not get fed, if it does not get watered, if it doesn't get what it needs, it will wither and die. My heart is suffering like withered grass. I even forget to eat my food. 
Because of the sound of my groaning, my flesh sticks to my bones. I am like an eagle, owl, like an owl among the ruins. I stay awake. I am in solidarity. I am a solidarity bird on a roof. My enemies taunt me all day long and they ridicule and use my name as a curse. I eat ashes like bread and I mingle my drinks with tears because of your indignation and wrath. For you have picked me up and thrown me aside. My days are like lengthening shadow and I wither away like grass. The King James Version is um, a little bit different. And let me show you. Um, I will read that one to you because it's uh, definitely. Okay, so the King James Version really quickly is. My heart is smitten and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I am like a pelican in the wilderness. I am like an owl in the desert. Owls don't live in the desert. I watch as I am a sparrow alone upon a housetop. My enemies reproach me all day and they are mad against me. They are mad against me, are sworn against me. For I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of thine indignation and thy wrath. For thou hast lifted me up and cast me down. My days are like a shadow of that declineth and I am the withered and I am withered like grass. So it tells you here that things are out of place, right? Because we see like an owl in the desert. Owls don't live in the desert. Right? So it shows us that things are out of place. When we are depressed, our emotions are out of place. Right? Um, when we talk about sorrow, it's sadness. Depression is sadness. We live in a world where people are full of sadness. They're full of trauma. They're brokenhearted. They're angry. And they're bitter. And here we can see that we it didn't it didn't just come out of nowhere. There will be days like this. There will be hard days. There will be days where you feel sad and down and full of grief and bitterness and resentment and all of these emotions. And the Bible even says, angry, but sin not. But our world is full of anger. We are breeding broken people every single day. We can watch the news and things will be trauma triggered in our own life based on trauma. I mean, we look at the Uvalde situation that just happened in Uvalde, Texas. And everybody in the world that has children or grandchildren or, you know, anybody in their life that are young and are school age children affected them. They were traumatized by this and we don't even know the people. If you begin to see, because a lot of times we, we see people that are passing away in car accidents and all the things, but if you've never had a traumatic accident or seen someone in a traumatic accident, it doesn't affect you like that. 
But if you get into the presence of someone who is hurting, right? Who is depressed, but they might just trigger you. We begin to get uncomfortable and we lose presence. And we lose presence because we're, we're so full of this word that we just start spitting out Bible verses, right? We just start telling them it's going to be okay. Instead of being present, it's a ministry of presence with those people. See, we're so busy in our own lives, we don't want to deal with other people's traumas. We're healed and we don't want to go back to that. We don't want to be triggered by that. So we lack presence for those people who are around us who need us. When you begin to sit with someone who is hurting or makes you feel uncomfortable by how they're acting or the things that they're saying or or any of that and we get uncomfortable, right? But we start, we think that we're helping, but we're not really helping because we're not really present. We're just trying to say something to make things better and just trying to fix the person instead of actually listening and being present with them. And here's what happens. If you have soil that is hard, right? In the, in the summer here in Texas, our, our ground begins to crack, right? We can go out in the yard and we have cracks about, I mean, about two to three inches wide in the yard, right? So if I go out to water that at first, it just, it, all it does is just, it just goes off, right? It just runs off. It doesn't even soak in, right? It just runs off. When you begin to just spill things all over to people that are depressed or have mental illness or or anything and you don't actually gain their trust by being present with them and validating their feelings and, and speaking to them, you are like you're watering dry soil because everything you say is just running off. We can preach a million sermons, but if we're not present in the moment, what we are doing is watering dry ground. We have to learn in life again because I know a lot of people didn't have it. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of it. But I remember the good old days. Right? We think about the good old days. And I always think about my grandparents. Right? My great aunt and my dad will come here and we can sit outside on the porch and just tell stories for hours. Right? Like, we are all very talkative people. And it's, it's, it's the presence. Right? It's the presence of, of, of being with them. And it reminds me of my grandparents. Because I used to always want to be going, running, running, blowing and going and doing all the things. And my grandmother's like, no, go read a book, right? And I didn't understand it at that time, but we were always present together. We would go to the lake house together, right? We would go to church together. We would have dinners together, right? And it was always about being present. And I hated it at that time. But now I wish that our world was more like that. Where in order to talk to somebody, you have to call them on the phone. 
right? In, in order to see someone, you've got to go to their house. We've lost presence. And when we lose being present with other people, we begin to see people begin to stuff their feelings. We see more mental illness, more suicides, more all of these things because nobody knows how to be present anymore. We are so busy trying to get to the next big thing. We are so busy trying to make a lot of money. We're so busy trying to do so many things in this world today because that's what we are taught to do is keep going to the next big thing that we forget the most important things. And that's presence and vulnerability and honesty and openness and letting people know that you were there and you were there not as a ministry to preach, but as a ministry to be present. I've had some great opportunities to coach women who are going through these very things. And the switch that I've seen with one of them just because of being present with her, right? And walking her through, okay, this is what I see. This is what I see. Does this sound familiar? And, and we work on that, right? So we begin to add things into her life that helps her to be better. We do the work to get better, right? But what does it require? It requires me to be present with her. You go to therapy, they have to be present with you. That's why us coaches, we do more listening than speaking, right? We, we have to listen and then we speak. Same thing, no matter what you're doing, when you're working with people, if they just know that you're 100% present, could change their whole day. It could change their whole day. We, we think that this is just something that's been made up. And, you know, a lot of us live with a lot of sadness and a lot of grief and, and, you know, some depression and being heartbroken, but you, you know, I think it was Proverbs, um, Proverbs, Proverbs, hold on one second. I'm going to read it to you. I think it's Proverbs 15, 13, Proverbs 15 and 13. A merry heart maketh cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. So it says, it says right here, but the sorrow of the heart is a broken spirit. heart comes first because you can't be completely healed 
until we fix the heart. We can't be fully present until we're willing to open up the heart. I see mental health all over the place, mental health issues, and and it's 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 very sad because those people also deserve to have a whole heart. They deserve to be heard. They deserve to be, they deserve our presence. They deserve our love. But oftentimes we want to let go because it's too hard. It's easier to throw them by the wayside because it's just too hard to deal with them. Do I believe in tough love? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe in that. But I also believe in you have to be present first. You have to have a, a heart posture of love and understanding and being able to hear what they're saying and help them to work through it, not just to try to give them a whole bunch of advice and then walk away. If I could say one thing today, or ask of one thing today, it would be that you have the presence, a ministry of presence today. And what I mean by the, by the present, the ministry of presence, is that maybe you actually call someone. Maybe you actually sit with no social media and no phones and be present with someone. Maybe you see someone on the street and you stop and say hi and let them know that they are loved. Maybe it's you buy someone lunch and just sit with them. Can we have more of the ministry of presence? Because that's what we need in our world in order to help people begin to heal. When we write them off, tell them what they're saying and their feelings and their stories and their truth and everything like that is not valid, When we tell men that it's weak to be depressed or to need to deal with trauma or go to therapy or to get help. When we tell people that therapy is not necessary when it's very much necessary and very much helpful and needed. I just encourage you today to have a, have a ministry of presence. Don't try to fix someone today. Be willing to listen and be vulnerable. And sometimes when we begin to 
to sit and listen and be vulnerable, right? Even in the uncomfortable moments in ourselves, it begins to heal us too. Because when we feel someone else being vulnerable and sharing emotions and feelings, it opens something up in us. It opens something up in us to say, you know what, maybe I can do that. Even if you think that you're healed and you're whole, we still carry some things. We still carry some things. I know I still carry some things that I deal with. I still have emotions. I still go through moments of anger. I still go through moments of being down and, and, and all of the things. I am not perfect. I have not arrived. Um, I hope I never arrive because the, the, the more healing that I need to do, it keeps me in a constant state of becoming. I don't want to be arrived. I want to be becoming every day of my life so that I can continue to grow and continue to be better and continue to be whole and continue to be healed. If I feel like I have arrived and I'm healed and I'm perfect, then guess what? I'm already falling short because nobody is perfect and nobody is completely healed and everybody has problems. I just encourage you today. If your heart is broken, if you are struggling with mental illness, depression, anxiety, sadness, grief, anger, bitterness, resentment, whatever it is, your heart is broken. And until you fix your heart, And until you fix your heart, it's hard to be whole. I encourage you today that if you go and read Psalm 102, starting at verse 4, all the way down to verse 11, and meditate on it. That you're not alone in your depression because depression is very, very much described here in this psalm. It's not something that's new. It's not something that just was made up. All of the symptoms are right here in Psalm 102. So you're not weird. You're not alone. You're not different. Your heart is broken. Psalm 102, um, 4 through 11. Your heart is broken. It's time to fix your heart. It's time to give yourself permission for your heart to heal. Time to say, I'm going to let go of those things that I cannot control. I am going to learn to be present with myself and with others. 
I am going to choose to constantly become, be becoming every day. Being intentional. I'm going to choose happiness and wholeness. But most importantly, choose the ministry of presence. Choose the ministry of presence. Because we don't know the hour or the day. And um, I get emotional when I talk about my children, Lord. Okay. I get emotional because my kids are grown, but I love them so much, right? I love them so much that I just wish they were around every day, right? But they're not. And I'm the mom that did so many things wrong and I didn't get enough time between the time that God began to mend my life and put it on the mend to when they grew up and started having their own kids and doing their own thing, right? And so I have a little bit of, of, of hurt inside because I want to be their mama still, right? And they don't always need me, right? And I can't save them from the world. But if there's any grown kids out here that are listening to this right now, I'm going to tell you one thing. Be present with your parents. Because that's one thing that I regret. My dad will call me almost every day and talk to me for an hour to an hour and a half. And we don't talk about that. Like we talk about weed eaters and like weird stuff, right? But I regret that I didn't do that with my grandparents. And then we try to tell the kids these days, spend time with your parents because you never know. But they don't understand the concept because they grew up in a world where presence is not necessary. Presence on social media, presence everywhere. They have so much peer pressure. They have so many things going on around them that they don't even understand what being present is. But then we're breeding broken humans because then something happens, right? To a parent or to a loved one or something happens and then we have children who are broken and they're living in regret because they wish they would have been more present. I just encourage everybody today to be present with anybody that you come in contact with because they could be going through something and we don't know what they're going through. But just having a ministry of presence and just listening to what they have to say could change their entire life or their entire day just by the presence that we bring to the table. We don't have to be qualified. We, we don't have to be smart or educated or any of that. All we have to do is be our, who God created us to be. Because we have been assigned people. People have been assigned to us. That our stories or our... Um, our stories or our healing could be their, their healing. Could be the moment that they turn their life around. 
So I encourage you today, no matter what you're doing, if you have the opportunity to be present with someone, be present. If you have a chance to just chat with a stranger, chat with them. If you have the opportunity to go and actually sit with someone and have lunch, go do that. You know, it, it, it's the presence that matters. It's not the money. It's, it's, it's not what you say. It's not any of that. It's being present and letting them know that they are not alone. So I hope this made sense this morning and I hope that I gave it to you like God gave it to me. But I'm just so uh, much an advocate for mental health from a God perspective, right? Or from a biblical perspective. I think that it's important to talk about it because we're, we're struggling. Our, our world is struggling. So today, be present. Be you. And... Keep praying and keep believing. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. And I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.